Let's see if I can get some more agreement out of you. What a good God we serve. Amen. You know, it's not just some cliche. There's a lot of verses in there that says God's good. Amen. And so, God is good. The devil's bad. The devil's bad. God is good. Let's not mix it. Amen. We have over the last month or two, whatever, on our Sunday services, have been talking about positioning ourselves for the restoration of all things. It's, of course, been a restoration has been what we have discussed from this pulpit just about, well, has been the whole year. And on uh, uh, Sundays, we shifted gears a little bit a couple months back and kind of brought it more into the main service talking about restoring, about being positioned to be restored. So we talked about different things and what it's going to take to do that. And uh, one of those things, of course, was that you got to get it inside. Man, God's good all the time. If you war with that, and so you're, uh, and the scriptures even says, woe to those who, you know, say what is good is bad, and what is bad is good, what is light is dark, and what dark is light. He says, don't get it mixed up. He said, woe to those that do that. So I don't want to be guilty of that, because I don't want to woe on me. Look at your neighbor and say, no woe on you. Amen. And, uh, but it happens a lot. And I've, I've noticed over the years, you know, in, involved in ministry, um, been doing this now over 30 years, uh, pastoring this uh, ministry for 26 of those years. And uh, uh, I've noticed over the years that a lot of times there does tend to be a little confusion about what is of God and what is of the enemy. And so what happens is if you're sitting here trying to claim a uh, restoration of any area of your life and you're too busy, you know, not grabbing hold of what God can do, then we're going to miss out on something. Or we're, we're confusing what the enemy's doing as if God's doing something. And then we miss out. So there's no sense in us confusing this. And so we spent a week or so on that and talked about believing and receiving. We talked about, uh, uh, you know, hearing God and following it. These are just all things that position us to walk in restoration of all things. Now, again, I want to throw this out here. Restoration of all things is not referring to just making everything, you know, bringing everything back to the way you once had it, per se, it's bringing everything back to divine order, to the way God intended it. Because that could be huge. Um, you might have had a good thing that you're trying to get back to, but God says, listen, if we can make it the way I designed it, you wouldn't have lost it. Are you hearing me? And so there's a way that God's trying to bring it uh, into place or, or position us into a place to where we can receive restoration of all things. And so uh, a lot said there in just a little bit, but uh, we talked last week about uh, through faith and patience. In fact, let's put that verse on the board, if you will. Uh, we're going to Hebrews 11, or pardon me, Hebrews 6, verse 11. And um, I uh, last week uh, got done speaking about faith and patience. And, uh, and then had a bunch of things said in talking with people and, 
And then I realized I must not have did a good enough job on it. So at that moment, the Spirit of God says, I guess you're going to do it again. So I guess I'm going to do it again. So we're going to talk some more about faith and patience. Because I don't want you to be confused about it. So in Hebrews 6, now we read more of this last week, but Hebrews 6 verse 11 says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. Everybody say the same diligence. diligence. Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until when? Until the end. Now, we got done talking about, you know, he's, he's noticed the things that you've done and when you stood and, and when you worked and, and labored and the things that you did on his behalf and the times you declared things. And he knows all that. God isn't uh, ignorant of all that. God knows of all the things that you've done. But God says, listen, this isn't just about what you've already done. I want to know, are you still going to be doing this tomorrow? Yeah. Are you going to be doing this today like you said you would yesterday? Are you still with me? Because that's what counts. You know, as we've said many times in talking these things, you know, it's a, it's a glorious thing when somebody comes to know Jesus. There ain't nothing greater than that. It's, it's the greatest miracle that could happen to a human being. Is that one day, in a split second, because of a decision you made, you went from being hell-bound to heaven-bound. Amen. Now, it didn't stop there. That was, the, that was the tip of the iceberg. That's what started you uh, toward this thing called the full meal deal uh, package of salvation. Amen. And so uh, that was a glorious thing. But the book doesn't say, it just gets you saved. It's about, are you still going to walk this? Are you still going to live this? Are you still going to be doing this when the, when the Lord returns? He even said this in, in talking to the disciples. He said, you know, when, when, the, when the Son of Man returns, is He going to find faith on the earth? Is He going to find a people of faith? The people that said they'd believe and trust in Him, is, is He going to find that? Well, I say He is. I say, if anything, He'll find it here in Redmond. Or Madras or Sisters or Prineville. Terrebonne. Pal Butte. Bend. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, Bend. You better get it. Yeah. Did we get it? Miss anybody? Lapine. Lapine? Lapine? Even Lapine? As far as Lapine? All right. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Verse 12. Here we go. That you do not become sluggish, lazy, or pulled back. It literally means. Uh, to uh, 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 avoid pain is what it means. Okay, so in other words, when the pressure's on, are you going to be backing up or are you going to be moving forward? It says, well, here's the deal. Let's imitate. That word imitate, uh, the Greek word is mimic, where we get our word to mimic. All right? So let's mimic or imitate those who through their faith, right, through their faith and their patience, they inherited the promises. Everybody say Promises. Now, the word promises, uh, again, it means an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. An expressed assurance, in other words, something that was expressed, all right? Expressed assurance on which your expectation or your, your hope, amen, is to be based. Now, what you hold, how many got a Bible? 
Okay, some of you do. Do all of you or not? Well, okay, those that have a Bible, hold your Bible up. Okay, now in this Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, it contains a thing called covenants. Okay, now there's actually multiple covenants listed and talked about here, but there's two, the two primary covenants are the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, which is referred to as the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right? right. You better get it. I'm going to do this again next week. You better get it. Okay, so what you have here is covenants. Okay, now the word covenant means a testament, a will, a contract. Right here's a contract. This is a contract. This contract was signed in blood. Okay, so you have a contract. It also is referred to as a writing containing agreements or promises that have been made. This is not just a history book. It has history in it. It's not just a science book. It has science in it. All right? It's not just a story about a lot of patriarchs of faith, although there are stories in here about our patriarchs of faith. What you have in here, all right, is a writing. All right? That it contains agreements and promises that have been made to you and me as believers. All right? We have an old covenant. Amen? And then came a new covenant through our Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, it wasn't a covenant necessarily made to you. It was a covenant made to Jesus between the Father and the Son. And when you receive Jesus, you come under, amen, His Lordship, and you enter into the same covenant that He has with the Father. Now, the purpose of that is that you can't mess it up. I always seem to be talking to you in these moments. Don't I, Rick? You doing okay? I, I'm so glad you're secure in who you are. Amen? Because it's like, man, he's always beating on me. Amen. But what we have here is then a, co- a, a new covenant. And the Word says it's a better covenant established on better promises. Now, again, full of agreements and promises. An expressed assurance on which your expectation is to be based. So are things in here written for you to lock your attention on, to lock your expectation on, and grab hold of? Now, how do you inherit those promises? Through faith and patience. That's how we get them. Through your faith. So with that, we're doing something a little different today than what we did last week. Some of you say, well, praise the Lord. So... Let's give a definition of faith. Do you have that? Here's faith. Okay, the word, Greek word is pistis. Okay, P-I-S-T-I-S. A lot of times out of that word, many other words come like pistieo, which means to believe, okay, and stuff. So we got several words that come out of that root word pistis, okay? So the word means to believe or belief. Faith means a persuasion. Now, you ought to be persuaded of something, which means then you have some faith towards something. Conviction. I don't think we see enough of it anymore, but, amen, their faith is about a conviction. You have a conviction about something. The word trust. Are you still with me? Now, I'm not mad. I'm not, am I, am I sounding too intense today? I'm a little intense, ain't I? Am I doing okay? Or, I don't know, some of you are looking at me like, man. All right. Now, trust Okay, uh, the old covenant word for faith really is the word trust. That's where you see most of the time that's the word used, okay, uh, but to trust. So you say, well, I trust in God. Well, good. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, right? 
So there's a lot of people that believe in God. They're persuaded of God. They have a conviction. They have trust in God. It means confidence. Okay. So a lot of these words, too, are words you're going to see in Scripture that come out of that same root word of the word faith, pistis. Okay. So confidence. Okay. Reliance. Dependence. Amen. So are you relying on God? Are you confident in God? Are you depending on God? So uh, is anybody in here that, that have faith uh, in God? So it was pretty weak, but, but maybe you're just, you're just being cautious on what you say because you think I'm going to trip you up or something. <laughs> Is there anybody in here that has faith in God? Yes. All right. Is there anybody in here who has faith toward God? Yes. Okay. Is there anybody in here that has faith in what God has said? Yes. Is there anybody in here that has faith in the promises in the Word of God? Yes. All right. So that's good. That's good. Good answer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Slap five to someone next to you and say, I'm so glad you got that one right. Now, that's a good thing. But how many know it said faith and patience? Oh, my goodness. Now we messed it up. So it's through faith and patience that we inherit these promises. So let's look at the word patience, all right? So define patience here. Put the next one up, if you will, please. Hallelujah. Patience. All right. The word patience. In fact, these are a lot of words you're going to find. It comes out of the same uh, Greek word. Okay? Endurance. Patience means endurance. So through faith and patience, through faith and endurance. Everybody say endurance. endurance. Through faith and endurance, you inherit the promises. Okay? Through faith and perseverance. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Okay, you persevere. Okay, well, pastor, you don't understand. I got some, no, no, no. Through faith and perseverance, yes, right. you inherit the promise. Listen, it's a promise. Right. Now, you can either be the one that goes into the promised land or you can be the one cruising around the wilderness for 40 years. You make your decision. What do you want to be? Land. I want to go in the promised land. So if there's a promise for me, I want it. Amen. All right, I don't want to mess out on it. So he says, listen, all I need you to do is to believe me, to have confidence in me, to rely on me, and to endure, stay with it, persevere, continue. Now, last week we used several verses. We used several of these words. We showed you in Scripture, amen, what it means to continue, what it means to abide or remain, amen, to take up residence with. That's what it means, amen, to be constant. We'll probably focus a little bit more on that today. To be constant, amen, to be consistently constant, so, through faith, you're believing in God, you're believing in those promises, you're believing in what He said, and you're consistently, constant believing in God. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm up against. What do you mean I don't know what you're up against? We all, we all have to deal with stuff. Come on, somebody. I know that not every day, every day rolls perfect. Come on, somebody. But he said that if you will, through faith and patience, he said, you will actually inherit the promise if you stick with it. Okay, okay. All right, let's, let's look at something else. Micah, give me the next. Um, okay, this is still part of uh, patience. This is part of uh, what you first read there, the first def part of the definition come out of the, like a Strong's Concordance. Now we're getting into, we're talking like... Uh, uh, the lexicons, some of your study helps, all right? 
And it brings this, is how it helps define it. So just so we can get a hold of it, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is what it's all about. Okay, because if you don't get something, there's no sense coming. Might as well get something. Okay, so patience again. Holding firm to the same principles or course of action. Well, God said I'm supposed to guard my words. Great. It's a good thing to do. But you just don't understand, Pastor, what I'm up against. Hold firm to the same principle or course of action. It's in the pressure moment that you gain ground. It's also in the pressure moment you lose ground. So what God's asking is that you said you believed me and you're following what I asked you to do. Now just keep doing that, please. Are you with me? Viscosity. Okay, I said that was one of those words. I had no clue. That was not a word that I use in my normal vocab. There's a lot of these words I don't use in my normal vocab. But anyway, so I had to look it up, okay? And, uh, and I might even find out later, I might, maybe I'm pronouncing it a little wrong, but viscosity, I think, or viscosity. But I think it's viscosity, I think. Is that right? For those that know. See, you're smarter than I was. Isn't that amazing? But it means stick to or staying power. Okay, so in other words... If I'm going to believe God, if I'm going to rely on God, that means tomorrow I'm going to rely on God. If I'm going to depend on God, that means in order for me to inherit the promise, I've got to also tomorrow be depending on God. See, that that doesn't mean I depend on God uh, today and then tomorrow I go back to uh, status quo, the way it used to be, doing everything in my own strength again. And then wonder and get mad at God because the promise didn't manifest. Listen, if you're going to be backing up, don't get mad at God because something didn't happen the way you want it to happen. I'll, I'll try this side. Amen. Don't get mad at God. If we're backing up, if we're not going to stand firm like we said we would, if, it, if things don't happen because you're backing up, don't get mad at God. Don't get mad at the preacher man or the church. Because you're backing up. Okay, okay, okay. Give me another one. Give me another one. There's, there's more here. Look, there's more. Okay, here, another way of saying it, just so, just so we make sure we get hold of it. Patience also means a persevering resolution. To be resolute. Not budging. Not, not backing up. Not quit. It means an unshaken determination. So through my faith, and my unshaken determination, I'll inherit my promise. I refuse to back up. A certainty of mind. Well, well that'll come in here in a little bit before we're done with this thing. Because a lot of times that will happen. We start, we start buying into the head trips that the enemy puts. And now you're up and you're down. You're like a wave of the sea and you're not receiving anything. And then you're, you know, you're... You know, you, you just, God just said, listen, they're simple. They're, see, the whole thing, that, the principles of God are really are simple. Now, uh, one translation says that God's ways are hard or difficult. When you look it up, it doesn't, it's not referring to the word difficult like we would know it. It refers to it's confined. That's all it is. It's confined. In other words, God's ways are confined. This is how they work. 
This is not how they work. This is how they work. This is not how they work. This is how they work. Well, I want to know this is how they work. You can't go off and say, well, I want, I believe. It doesn't matter if you don't connect to the way he designed it. You will receive nothing. And then you can't go, well, I tell you what. God, who? Oh, you can't get mad at God. God said right here. He didn't pull any punches. He didn't, he didn't make it too difficult. He didn't. He said, right here, if you do this, it works. Certainty of mind. Steadfast in purpose. No mistaken. That's what you do. Anybody that uh, through their faith and their patience, I don't give a, it doesn't matter what you're having to look for or deal with or go after or believe in God for, it will always manifest. Okay, so I did something different today. Well, this has already been different. But I want to do something else too. Give me another one, Micah. Did I give you another one? Modern dictionary of the word patience. This will explain a lot of things. Here's what a modern-day dictionary defines patience. The problem is, it's how most people believe it. The problem is, it's even in the church. A modern dictionary, just some words out of the modern dictionary. They have a few words in there that are accurate, don't get me wrong. But these are some words I pulled out that are just in a modern dictionary. It says that patience is a tolerant understanding. Way too much tolerance going on. So we would say, through our faith and our tolerance, we inherit a promise. Ain't how it works. Okay? But a modern dictionary puts it that way. And the problem is, it's the way the world views it, and the problem is, it has slid into the church. Okay? Modern dictionary says about patience... It means the bearing of annoyance without complaint. <laughs> I, listen, I was, I was working on this, and the Spirit of God, I literally gave me a statement to make. Here it is. In all my misery, I'm learning how to be miserable and be okay with it. <laughs> Serious, that came from... Because that's how people are. That's how a lot of people in the church are. They, so it isn't through their faith and patience, their consistency to grab something. They make a decision, I'm going to stand, but then, okay, now I've got to be tolerant of everything I'm up against. And so we never press through. We never get answers. So we're bearing uh, 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 the bearing of an annoyance without a complaint. We, see, we, we got to the place we thought, well, as a church, we, we just... Well, you know, we just put up with it. That's what we do. And let's be good little Christians and be okay with it. I know that life really stinks, but it's okay. Someday we get to go to heaven, and that would be wonderful. But for right now, it's horrible. We just put up with the annoyance instead of dealing with it. So we don't stay in faith. 
Now we back up because we're no longer believing like we should. We're now just bearing. We're being tolerant. To suppress restlessness. I'll come back to that one. Look at Capable of bearing affliction or misfortune with calmness. It doesn't matter. The devil's beating the snot out of you. Just put a smile on your face while it happens. So we go on as Christians not receiving our promises because we're too busy being tolerant to suppress restlessness. There's a reason you're restless. Because right now the enemy is mowing you over. Let's turn that into some form of, of uh, you know, standing firm, praise God. And say, I refuse to let the enemy steal from me anymore. Oh, now you're just being too intense, Pastor. In the meantime, we're, as we're being tolerant, the enemy just keeps taking ground taking ground. He does it in us personally. He does it in our households, our marriages, our finance, our church. He just comes in and keeps taking and gets you convinced that you just have to be tolerant to be a good little Christian, put a smile on your face, and take a licking and keep on ticking. But that's modern dictionary. That's not Bible word. That's not the Bible definition of patience. It's to be constant. Are you still with me today? Are you glad you came out today? Here's a few statements for you. Long-term consistency trumps short-term intensity. If you'll purpose to be consistent, long-term consistency always pays off. Amen. Being consistent with your faith. Amen. Instead of a short-term, because a lot of times, I've seen it over the years, a lot of times that there's a short-term intensity. I'm going to serve God. I'm going all the way. I'm going to praise God forever. I'm going to believe God. Hey, 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 hey. And the pressure's always like, whoa, I didn't sign up for this. And the worst is don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. He comes. The pressure comes. He comes immediately trying to knock you off your faith, to steal that word that was sown in your heart. And, but you can't let when those moments happen to back up now. you got to say, no, this is where patience comes in. Okay. Patience is not waiting in the, in, the, in the aspect of not doing. Now, the Bible talks about in the Old Covenant about waiting on the Lord, but even in those, if you look at those words waiting and you study them in the Hebrew, it ain't nothing about doing nothing. It's about you stir yourself with expectation. You keep yourself locked on. You never back up. Amen. You stay locked on to hear from heaven. And when God gives instruction, that's what you follow, praise God. And you never back off that. Patience is not just about waiting and doing nothing. It is about doing and keep doing. So if God says to you today, deal with your words. That He didn't change His mind yesterday or tomorrow. He ain't going to change His mind. 
If he said, deal with your attitude, keep this straight or keep, he ain't changing his mind tomorrow. And so what we're saying is, you don't say, well, today I, I dealt with my attitude. Tomorrow's another day. And you wake up thinking, well, I wonder what I should do today. And then still, and then go right back into the slump you were in before. That isn't how it works. Love her as Christ loved the church. I did once. Respect him. Honor him. Well, I did that once. Where's the promise of a good man? Where's the promise of a good woman? Through faith and patience or consistency, you get promises. The promise concerning a marriage that's whole and well, concerning a family that's serving God, concerning a business that works and prospers, concerning needs being met, a body being made whole, the power of God released, amen. All of these are promises that are for you to have, amen, through your faith and through your consistency with your faith, you'll get it every time. God does not lie. God does not lie. Somebody said, well, I did that and it didn't work. You're telling me right now that you didn't consistent. You ain't being consistent. I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're backing up and quitting now and you're saying, well, it doesn't work, you're already telling me you're not being consistent. Well, you just, no, 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 no. If you're backing up for any reason, then, this, then can't get mad at God if it ain't clicking. You know, I like immediate, just like everybody else. I like it when you pray, and I like the immediate verses. And immediately. Are those suddenly verses? Like those? And suddenly. I like those verses. But usually there's some verses prior to that. Of their standing and believing and pressing in. And then all of a sudden, suddenly. All right. Let's do a few verses because this is Bible class. Put James 4 on the board. James 4, 7, please. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Okay, submit to God. You know, we've done a while back, we did spend a little bit of time on this verse. But you submit to God. In other words, yield to God, right? God will lead. God will direct. And then it said, resist the devil. Who? The devil. Resist the devil. What will happen when you do? What will happen? Now, do you know that's a promise? Submit to God. Resist the devil. Okay? Now, here we go. The word resist means to stand against or to oppose. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of times it's where it happens. We say we're believing God, and then we sit back waiting for God to do something. And then we're not, we're not extra, we're not, we're not, exercising anything. We're just, we're just sitting back, you know, putting our feet up, you know, s- sipping on Perrier and eating bonbons. Come on, somebody, while the soap operas are going on, waiting for God to just do something. If God would just do something. Oh, man, I believed God two weeks ago. I wish God would do something. God says, I've already put it in your care. I've already put it in your hand. I've already put it in your possession. You do something. Right now, you're not resisting. You're not opposing the enemy. 
You're letting him mow you over. You're being tolerant. You're letting him run you over and getting mad at everybody else because your life stinks. You resist. You oppose. To oppose, to withstand. And get this, in this word is part of that word involves endurance, persistence, and consistence. Because there is no true resistance without consistence. Without some form of consistency in your life. There is no true resistance of the enemy if you don't stay with it. Well, I am tired. You back up and you just lost ground. Or you can stay in it and get, get some ground. Get your promise. What was that statement? The Lord showed me. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, I'll get out of there. There we go. Let's see if I can find it. Usually, uh, this is something. Uh, this is another one, but this ain't, uh, I'll find the one I was thinking of a minute ago. But this usually all that beats us is the enemy's willingness to outlast us. I thought that was pretty good. Um. Let's see here. Here it is. Okay, this, this is something that came this morning. Okay. The enemy looks for the thing that you won't push back on. When he's coming at you, he looks for the thing that you won't push back on. So that's why you can't stop resisting. Because he'll just keep coming at the area you stop pushing. You stop resisting. You stop opposing. And then what he does, he just keeps taking ground. Keeps you sick. Keeps you broke, busted, and disgusted. Keeps you in turmoil. Keeps you in strife and contention. Keeps you all bottled up. Keeps you going nowhere. All right, let's try another one. Let's put uh, 1 Peter 5. And the, the, the key thing is we're bringing out is there is an enemy. We know there's an enemy. And to think that he's not going to push on you is a deception. Come on. But to think that the enemy has a right or authority over you is also a deception. So he tells you in order to win, you've got to resist. So he says, be sober. That means not to come under the influence of anything. Be sober, be vigilant or watchful. Why? Because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, just to make it clear, who's our enemy? The devil. God is? Good. Devil. Bad. Devil. Bad. God. Good. Okay. So your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Doesn't say he is one. He just walks about like one. Makes a lot of noise. He roars. According to Proverbs, the enemy, our enemies have had their teeth kicked out. So he's a toothless, roaring something. Come on. Trying to somehow deceive. But it says here, 
He's seeking whom he may devour. So you just have to make a decision. Well, you may not hear. You know, go bother the other guy. No, no. See if you listen. See, when, it, when the enemy comes, you may not hear. So I oppose you. I resist you. I take a stand against you. I'm standing on a promise of God. Whatever that promise, and I stand on that promise. Okay? If you're believing God for healing, I stand on that promise. I don't care what the, I don't care. He's coming to try to knock me back, come make, trying to seek to devour. I won't let him. Is anybody still here? Yeah. Are you still glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Yeah. Are you lying to me? I think I heard a few yeses there. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. So, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because the adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9. Resist him. Resist him. Oppose him. Steadfast in the faith. Don't back off your faith. Don't give him ground. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, you can't turn around and say, well, nobody knows what I had to deal with. Nobody has it as hard as I do. How come everything always comes against me? How come I'm the only one that ever gets attacked? Know this. You're not the only one. Here comes the enemy. That's how he works. He's looking for a place that you won't push back on. You just have to let him know, no matter where you come at me, I'm pushing. Devil, back off. Take your stand. Through faith and patience, you inherit your promise. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Don't tolerate. Give me another one. Let's go Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because you should. How, how much of your armor? All. Well, some of it's just, some of it's uncomfortable. It pinches. It's heavy. Oh, gosh. Do I have to still put it on? Yes. Why? Well, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the plotting and the scheming of the devil. Oh, that guy's still around? Yes. He's still warring against you. So put on the whole armor. Now, I'm not going to go through all the armor today, but just establishing the fact you have an enemy you have to resist. Verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, listen, if I could get some of you to war against the enemy as much as you war against each other, we'd have some promises made. <laughs> My goodness. Some of you are so adamant about fighting with each other. Good night. I just get you to turn that on the devil. Man, we'd, we'd be a powerhouse every day. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but there is a fight. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. All that is is different levels of demonic activity, different levels of demonic authorities, and regardless of what level it is, it's all subject to the name of Jesus. And your faith can overcome any of it. And being consistent, 
with your faith. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, or the same word we used earlier, resist, that you may be able to resist or withstand in the evil day. So whatever day of pressure you're dealing with, you can do it. Amen. But you put on the whole armor, and having done all to stand, verse 14 says, stand therefore. Then it goes on and lists the armor. Having done all to stand. Pat, I've done all that. Good. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promise. I've already done that. Keep doing that. Stop being tolerant. I, just, I guess I just didn't win. I guess I just didn't get it. I guess God just, you know, God's just trying to show me something, I guess. No, you're just, now you're being tolerant. Now you're letting the devil steal. God says, amen. Having done all to stand, you stand. You don't back up. You don't quit. You don't pull back. You don't say nobody understands. Nobody, stop it. You're, just, you're being too hard. You're being too mean. I'm not being mean. Jesus said uh, to Peter, okay, he walks on the water. Walks on the water. I mean, who else does that? Nobody else in the boat did it. The boy walks on the water. He comes out, but he's not consistent. He notices something else. He has a reaction, and he starts sinking. He cries out to the Lord, praise ye the Lord. The Lord grabs him, and again, I think I always have to say this because I don't believe Jesus drug him back to the boat. I, I really have a hard time seeing that. Now, if I, if, I, if, I'm, if I made it wrong, I apologize for all the years that I've said this, okay? But I really, in my heart of hearts, I don't believe he drug him through the water to get him back in the boat. Grabbed his hind end and threw him over the top. I just can't see that. I really believe that once Jesus grabbed him, he's back up on top again. Yeah. All right? We all good with that? Yeah. All right? Jesus addresses the reaction. The boy walked on water. He said, why did you doubt? <laughs> Where's your faith, son? You think, Jesus, that's mean. He was being a good boy. He addressed the reaction. Come on, because he did he wasn't consistent. If you just stay locked on to me, you'd have walked on here. We could have high-fived when you got out there, praise God. We could have turned around, we could have pointed at the guys in the boat saying, What you waiting for? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just getting it, you know, whatever. Get your own picture. Could have stood out there and, right? We're not being mean. We're not being uh, too rough, too coarse. Well, there may be a few times I was that way. But for the most part, <laughs> we're not holding condemnation over your head. We're not holding you in shame or guilt because of any time you came up short. We're saying, listen, aren't you done with coming up short? 
I mean, if there's a promise to be had, why not have it? So through my faith and my patience, my consistency, I can have my promise. But when the enemy comes, i got to be locked on. Say, I refuse to let him knock me off that. If, if the enemy's trying to say, you can't have it, I say, well, who the heck are you? You have no authority over me. Shut up, devil. Get thee behind me, whatever your statement is. But make a stand and say, I refuse to back up. Having done all to stand, I stand. You know, even when, I didn't uh, give her the, these verses, but even, even when you're dealing with your thoughts, okay, the Scripture says, casting down, amen, all those, those uh, thoughts that are trying to do, you know, war with your head, amen, bringing down and casting down those thoughts, amen. Well, that doesn't work just because you did it on Monday. It works when you do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, you can have a break on Saturday, but only once. No, you got to guard your thoughts on Saturday, on Sunday. So some of you do a fairly good job on Sunday. It's kind of easy for two hours. If you, yeah, it might be three if you don't think, hang on. No. No, right? I mean, we go, okay, all right, I got to think good thoughts, think good thoughts, think good thoughts. What are you doing? We're going to church, and I want the pastor to look at me and go, I read your thoughts. They used to do that with my wife all the time. They they just avoid her. I remember Sharon Miller years ago when I first uh, got in contact with her ministry. I remember, man, I was like, Thinking, man, good thoughts, good thoughts. Think, you know, that's prophetic ministry. They just pick up on everything. The point is, you got to guard your thoughts, amen, every day of the week if you want this to work. You can't say, you know, King's X, I'm, I'm, I'm off and I can, uh, I can put, let my hair down and, and uh, you know. Well, the, listen, 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 listen. The children of Israel thought that. That's what they thought. They come out when, when there was time when, the, when, when they all come out of their tents, they all come out of their tents and hey, it's your breath in my lungs. So I pour out my praise. I pour out my praise. <sighs> Moses, what an idiot. They got called on the carpet because they went into their tents and thought it did. It was King's X. We we can say what we want to say in the bedroom. And they crew. Listen, listen. Come unto me and worship me. Okay, come unto the Mount of God. Okay. All that whole thing happened. They, get, they walk free from Egypt, from the house of bondage. They come to the mount of God to worship. From the mount of God to the, where they could look over into the promised land was 11 days. The scripture says 11 day walk. That took 40 years. I, somehow they missed a turn. And you'd think, you know, a couple days down the road, you'd think, 
you know something? I think we're going west and not east. And he said because of their uh, uh, unbelief, because of their uh, rebellion, because of the fact they limited God, and he mentions because of your murmuring and whining in your tents. Through your faith and your patience, you inherit the promises. And so when we're, we're not being consistent with our faith, you have to understand you're probably not going to see the promise. It's how it works. It's confined, but this is how it works. If you connect with it and do it, you get a promise. And you can go on bragging to everybody else about how big God was because praise God it happened. But you get over here, you get over here, things ain't manifesting. And so you can't go, well, that's the way I want to go. And it better happen or I'm going to be mad at God. Well, there, that helps. Right? And where did that get you? Are we all doing okay? Yeah. You know, I know it's a little bit on the sarcastic side, but, you know, we're, we're just trying to make a point, right? Are we getting the point, or do I have to do this again next week? All right. Give me uh, James. James 1. We, we, we actually kind of sped read this last week. Uh, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, okay? Knowing that the testing of your faith, everybody say knowing. Knowing. See, knowing that the test, you got to know, see, your your faith's going to get tested every time. Knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces or manufactures a thing called patience or constancy. Now, the only way it can happen is in the pressure moment, the only way constancy or patience or endurance is going to be produced is in those pressure moments. You've got to be willing to say, regardless of the pressure, I oppose the enemy. I stand firm in my faith. I believe in God. I will rely on God. Hey, ho, move forward. Okay, verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work. Well, we better back up. We better do three again, because just in case it's not ready yet. Knowing... That the testing of your faith produces patience. Better back up to verse 2 again. <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall into various... In other words, uh, he's not saying that, you know, let's... Great, praise God, I'm getting beat up. Woo, yay. <laughs> that's not what he's talking, okay? I said that's not what he's talking. He's just saying to you, when the pressure's on, okay? When the pressure's on, now you've given your faith an opportunity to produce something. See it as an opportunity. So here's the pressure. So now with the pressure's on, we're going to find out, praise God, am I going to stand firm? Am I going to stay locked onto it? Or am I going to waver because the the pressure's on? So count it all joy. Amen. When you fall into pressure, that just means very strong. It means a pressure moment. All right. Verse 3, knowing, knowing. See, your face's going to get tested. So know it. But when you stand firm, it'll manufacture something. Years ago, um, in the very beginning of this thing, for me anyway, in ministry, um, I had, uh, oh, it was probably about a year or so into it as, as a pastor, 
And all of a sudden, man, we had like this mass exodus. Whew, that was fun. And uh, um, it was due to a thing that happened, and it wasn't right. Uh, it wasn't God thing, but, but it happened, and there it is. And so, um, you know, I had what they call the year from hell. You ever had one of them? And then, um, so it was, a, it was a bad year, and then the next year was a worse year. And then the next year was a worser year. It was about, a th- it was about just, just shy of a three-year period that um, I wouldn't wish on anybody, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Okay, I'm just, you know. But in that, the Spirit of God said this. He, well, I was sitting in a meeting, and somebody was reading something out of Luke 6, and they were reading through it, and all of a sudden, they, they, they were talking about something completely different, but a verse... Uh, came out saying, in that time, in that time of pressure, in that time when they're uh, coming against you, uh, it said to, to leap for joy, to stand and praise God and leap for joy. And the Spirit of God in the middle of that meeting just, just said, there it is, baby! There it is! That's your promise! Now go after it! Huh? He might have. Anyway... I'm preaching. <laughs> anyway, so every time, so he said that every time that moment comes up, or every time that thought comes up, you start praising me. And, and said, and not just pra- and leap for joy. Well, I'm just a little bit too dignified for that. I'm saying leaping for joy stuff. I mean, my goodness. Oh, you're saying you don't want to promise? You say you don't want delivered? You don't say you want free? No, I want free. I want it so bad. I mean, after about, like I said, about three-year period, I'm thinking, I will do whatever. <laughs> Give me, you know. And so, uh, you know, I don't know why it took me so long to get it, but I got it. Praise the Lord. And, and so I uh, would I'd start just literally, I would start praising God and leaping. Every time a thought would come. And we had this, um, you know, at the time there was that A-frame, for those that ever remember it, it just like a tunnel. And I had a long hall, you know, or aisle in the middle, you know. And uh, something would happen, I'd get a phone call, and somebody says, Pastor, I just want to let you know, um, we're leaving. (laughs) You are? Yeah, we just feel led. Okay. So I hang up the phone. I'd have to go out to the highway. <laughs> it got easier, got easier, and I'd get it down, I think, whoo, free. Phone to ring. Get you not. Or somebody come knocking on the door. I just want to let you know, me and my wife are going to decide we're going to go. Okay. But Lord, I praised you. I even humbled myself and leaped for joy. But through faith and patience, consistency. What are you going to do, Jerry? Hey! Hallelujah, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I will keep praising you all the days of my life. Hallelujah!
Now, I can't count how many times that happened, but it was more than twice. <laughs> but I had a promise to grab, and I got delivered. And I remember the day I got delivered, praising and jumping on that hallway. And from that moment, see, what happened was, in that pressure moment, it manufactured something. Now it's like water off a duck's back. You're leaving? See ya. <laughs> Love ya. No, I don't, I'm not looking for everybody to leave. Don't walk out. But I'm just saying, it, it's like all of a sudden it's like I got free. That stuff ain't going to hold me back. That stuff ain't going to hold me down. So he's like, we serve God, we love God, we'll be here for you know, whoever wants to hear it, praise ye the Lord, and we'll keep talking, and I will do it every week, praise God. I refuse to back up, praise God. The point is, it's in those pressure moments that this kind of thing's produced. We're not giving the devil any kind of credit, we're just saying in the midst of it, we made a decision to keep our faith locked on to the source of joy, the source of strength, the source of peace, the source of, of all things that I need to, to accomplish what I'm called to accomplish. That's what I'm going to do. That's what you're going to do, right? Through our faith and our patience, we inherit a promise. Uh, put the last few verses, and I'll let everybody go here, all right? So verse 4, again, let not that man, uh, yeah, verse 4, let patience have its perfect work, right? So obviously something needs to be, right, that you may be perfect or mature and complete or whole, lacking nothing. I love verse 4, don't you? I love verse 4. Verse 4 is like a refrigerator verse. Put it on the mirror, put it on my steering wheel, yeah! But you can't have verse 4 without verse 3. And verse 2, all right, now here we go. Just close it with this. Verse 5, if anyone lacks wisdom, why would he just ch change into that? It's not, he hasn't changed the subject. He's saying this, listen, okay, you're doing, you're standing. You're not seeing something like you want. Well, you have every right to say, God, am I doing something wrong? Am I getting this? Is this just a thing? It's just a time thing right now or a season thing? Is this a, I mean, I, I need, I, give me wisdom. The Word says He'll give you wisdom. It says, let Him ask of God. It says, and He gives to all liberty. In other words, He'll never hold back. Isn't that good news? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, sometimes you just, you just think, boy, you're stupid. You're just not getting it, kid. But He never does that. And He says, I'll give it to you liberally. Just keep asking. I'll give it to you, whatever you need. And He said, I'll do it even without reproach. In other words, I ain't going to hold anything against you. Just ask, and I'll, it says it'll be given. Verse 6, real quick. And let him ask in faith, here's the principle, with no doubting. What's doubt? The word there, doubt, this is the, 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 the root word of that word doubt is this, which means twice, two, again. So he's saying that don't let something come in now, a second thought or something come in and knock you off that. That's why when Jesus addressed Peter, he said, why did you doubt? Why did you let the, the storm or the wind take you off of what you were doing? So he says, when you're going to ask, he says, ask in faith. Now, here's the principle. For he who doubts, God said this. Remember, here we go, right here. Still with me. I know, I know, I know we've gone long, but hang on. Right here, confined. 
It isn't complicated. It's just, it's just confined. Okay? It's not too hard to figure out. It's just confined. It's just a narrow, there's a narrow road to walk. He said, don't let yourself give in to that. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea that are driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, for let not that man or woman suppose that they will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Now, that you know, little piece right there is probably not a refrigerator verse. But it probably should be. Because he's telling you there's a way it works. And if you get it, it works every time. When you let this kind of thing slip in, it'll knock you off at every time. Don't think you're going to receive anything. So don't get mad because you ain't receiving. And if you don't understand why you're not receiving, then ask. And he may go back and say, remember that thing I told you about last Tuesday? Yeah, you need to still keep doing it. Because through your faith and your patience, you'll inherit that promise. You still need to keep doing it. Amen. Did you get some today? Give God praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? I thank you again for giving me a few extra minutes there, or a whole lot of extra minutes maybe, but uh, sure appreciate that. Hallelujah. So do we have to do this again next week? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. I guess we'll do what the Lord says, ain't it? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. We're thankful and grateful for the principles that we've learned here today. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. That in this house is a people that walk by faith and not by sight. A people, Lord God, that stand resolute, praise God. Not wavering, not up and down. And through their faith and their patience, they inherit their promises. And I am grateful, amen, that we had ears to hear and a heart to receive today. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look, you never... Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.